Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This is the World Cup on Caught Offside. Rivaldo! Oh, it's come off guard! Rivaldo! Brazil in front! It's Ronaldo! And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! And it's a concert! And Germany are the champions of the world. It's Mbappé! Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and JJ. Oh, brother, caught offside from just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling, J.J. Devaney, 3-1, it ends for the United States men's national team at the World Cup. What's up, brother? Um, I don't know, man. How are you feeling? You tell me first, and I'll give you my thoughts. Um, very, I mean, bummed. <laughs> like, uh, that's, if... You know, you feel after a game like that, and after something that you've waited, you know, you say four years between World Cups, but really for us, it's been eight and a half years this wait to see the U.S. back in a tournament. And any time that it ends before you're ready for it to end is just going to be a disappointment. There's, you know, there's no way around that. Now we're going to get into all the nuances. There's a lot of feelings that accompany that. I mean, I'm, I'm. Very proud of this team. Matthew um, McGee says on the chat, "I'm not buying into the hate." proud of the team no hate no there's no hate certainly not hate um i mean i tweeted right before we started that i'm both proud and frustrated and i think that's kind of i mean that's just me i'm not going to tell any anybody else how to feel right now but um you know that's that's where i'm at at this moment i think that there were of course i'm proud i mean they boy they the dutch are good like we'll, we'll talk about that but there's a chance that we maybe did not give that team as much credit as they deserve coming into this game now there were weaknesses that could have still been exposed that didn't and they happen weren't. but but there are there are players on that dutch team that are spectacular and we saw that today um so you know the us went toe to toe with them it was you know they were they were in it um so you have to be proud. I mean, God, these guys like Tyler Adams, and I know he had a bad moment today, but like you saw Two bad him, moments. him, Pulisic playing hurt. You know, you saw what these guys gave. Um, I, 
I, I'm going to throw this out there now because you've 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 opened up a channel for. It. I I would say that the mismanagement of the Iranian game really put us in a position that we were quite tired going into this, and and we we from I would say after the bright start we made, and certainly after the Dutch goal, we looked like a, a fatigued team. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I would there say was that no, that, there's certainly there are certainly some players out there in particular that that will identify over the course of you know this this live stream here that you know we'll roll through and and say who just didn't quite look like themselves in this one um but yeah so proud but like yes like you're like you're hitting on now frustrated you know Christian Pulisic one-on-one with the keeper in the third minute of this game who knows what the complexion of this game becomes if that goes in like yeah that that's a frustrating moment Haji right a bat, an errant back pass, and you've got your your striker one on one with the keeper, and he takes a first touch that nearly plays him out of bounds. Like, yeah, frustrated. Now he scored a minute later. That you know, so one of those two things doesn't happen if, without the other. But you know, so yeah, there's there are moments in this game that you're gonna relive, and that will forever kind of haunt the psyche of the American soccer fan. And you'll think about what could have been. So, um, I guess that's. I guess that's where I'm at right now. What about you? What are your uh, immediate impressions of all this? Well, I mean, I was getting slated and and, and torched for my uh, daily blind blindness segment, which was... Well, there's a mixed bag there. It, it was a mixed bag there. I was saying, hey, this is a guy we can get at. And when you saw Serginho Dest absolutely burn past him in the first half to put in a cross that typically, like all our crosses, went behind or did or was cut out... Um, then you thought you thought Jage is onto something. And then the other part was the pass progression, the way the Dutch move the ball into midfield and how important he is. And we saw that on the first goal and the third goal. We saw him play the ball in initially into the midfield for the first goal. And then they broke down the right-hand side and cut it back from Memphis to Pai. And then for the third goal, we see him not picked up at all. And he puts in a cross where Robinson is completely lost. Uh, who was it? Uh, Dumfries at the at the back yeah. stick, and and he volleys who, home. Who so, havoc on us in this game. I I, I thought I thought uh, I thought Timber and Dumfries, uh, I, you know, generally handled uh, Pulisic well. I I, I thought Pulisic played played decently, although I don't think yeah. he's definitely not one hundred percent fit. Um, but I thought the Dutch, like the way the Dutch set up was, they'd looked at us and they thought, okay, this is how we can stop their midfield, and they went man for man in the midfield. They didn't allow us to turn. They didn't like we had one turn in the first half when Robinson slotted into the midfield, right? And I remember he receives that ball from Tim Ream short, and it's a sharp turn, and he's away into acres of space. Uh, and of course, typically he runs in. He's he's at the Dutch back four. He's on the edge of the box. And typically, what happens with all our chances when we run them in close? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. So the ball comes back down the field. But but that was the one moment where where like the, the midfield got turned. Generally, it didn't. They stopped them. And there was sloppy play. Musa had his, his sloppiest game in a long time. Uh, Tyler Adams was, a, was at fault in part for the, for the first two goals. And we'll analyze that a little bit later. And McKenney and Musa swap wings. And when McKenney went to the right side, I thought, now you've got the idea. Let's try and overload on the blind Ake access and get in behind. And we didn't do it enough. But their plan, they did and executed very, very well. And if it wasn't for a bit of Dutch arrogance in the middle of the second half, I actually think they would have they would have run away with it, and we wouldn't have scored at all. Um, uh, what was well, the other point? I mean, yes. we'll talk about the goal, but like the way we scored the goal, 
I don't know what do you even if you're the Dutch, like what do you someone you said can say that, you could call it Dutch arrogance, I guess. That that seems harsh too. Like that was how is it the harsh happened there? How is it harsh? How because harsh? what like if you're if you're Louis Van Hollen, you look at a replay of that goal, you're like, I don't even know Andrew, how it went in. I don't know what to tell Memphis any of you. Depay was on a one-man mission to get the U.S. back into this game for a period of play. He was in the midfield, fannying around, doing stepovers, losing the ball, and we were breaking. He played a pass that put was it? It was the pie that put Hadji right in, and then right. right but I'm saying, and the then goal, minutes but... later, he loses the ball again. <laughs> now, what I will say, someone, someone on the on the live stream said. Um, it was like a FIFA glitch that that ball went in at all. Um, so yeah, it was I, I, one of the funniest goals I've ever seen. An impossible. <laughs> Adam Kubek said it was an impossible goal. But yeah, um, yeah, maybe we should go back to the start. And well, and, and I was going to say. So a couple of things before we get into the meat of this. First of all, um, obviously it's you and I that are steering this ship right now. But this, like all of you watching this right now, were uh, an enormous part of all this. You know, what, following this team for as long as you have, make this show as much yours as it is ours like we would love to hear from everybody right now chiming in on the chat on the youtube live stream so please 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 uh interact and we'll try to roll through as many of your thoughts comments questions as we possibly can over the course of however long we decide to go here um but yeah i mean look i took i took very uh Bergwine, very sorry. complex Bergwine. i'm i'm being <laughs> i'm being uh, called up it was Bergwine that made the pass that got hadji in okay whatever okay. but it was it was the dutch relaxing that nearly got us back in the game yeah, um, but I, I took very copious notes, JJ, throughout the course of this. I mean, I was I was on it. Lord. I was ready. Um, Did you read any articles by Henry Bushnell? Jesus. I don't understand your what. What is your problem, huh? With, with his art, with his writing, <laughs> there's because, nothing. I think he's great. I just because thought... you're you're upset because I cited his article about the change about what his proposal would be for the change to the 48 team format, and then shortly after that, the Guardian I think had a report that it's being considered. And so now you've retreated into your corner and no, you're swinging. I just, you're I like just, a wounded I, I animal. Just from a show standpoint, start the show with math. Yeah, great. Yeah, the most exciting group stage that maybe we've ever had because of what Match Day 3 had presented us from a drama standpoint. And it's all going to change in four years. But let's not talk about that. No one cares about the fact that we're not going to see that kind of drama ever again in this tournament. No, no, no. We'll move on to something far more uh, interesting in JJ's mind, like Y and X access. Let's talk more about that. Uh, all right, let's go through it here. So I, I've got, I mean... <laughs> We can, I guess, go through this almost not quite minute by minute, but I've got everything laid out in front of me here. I mean, look, it's where you have to start. Third minute, um, the ball is kind of pinging around in the box. It winds up, I think, on the foot of Anthony Robinson, who just sort of, uh, I guess he picks out Polisic. I don't know if it was luck or what, but he, next thing you know, like you're kind of still just settling in, oh. ready to take this one in. And there's Christian Polisic one-on-one with the keeper. It's saved. My initial instinct was upset but then also kind of like well i mean look where he was with the ball he's probably offside anyway but no no he wasn't he's clearly being played onside it's not even close there would be no review that is it's i mean look if we're going to talk about the the mount rushmore of missed opportunities throughout u.s soccer there's wando and we could go through some others but like it's hard to put a third minute chance on that list, but boy, you get your best player in space with a chance to kind of right out of the gate, take a game by the scruff of the neck and you miss it. It's that one's going to sting. It just I, is. I thought that was uh McKinney that hooked it back in. Maybe um, it was, I'd have to, yeah, go but, back but, but you're right. I, the game he's got, just a, ended, he's got a score, but it's a great save too. It really he's is. Back him to score. 
not really. Not really. Um, and, and that's a major point. Whenever we get into those positions, I have zero faith that that net is, go- is going to rattle. I mean, um, it's with him one-on-one with the keeper, I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll take my chances with Christian Pulisic. I, I just will. It's yeah. a great save. Like I'm, I don't mean to make it sound like he blew it. It's a little bit of a tough angle. He doesn't have a ton of space as the keeper's rushing out at him. Their keeper, by the way, was excellent in this game, I thought. Um, so, yeah, he kicks his leg out and makes the save. Like, it's not... I don't know that Christian did something wrong necessarily. Maybe there's people who who know far more than I do about this stuff that'll tell me no, he should have rounded him. I, I don't know. No, um, I think it, I thought it was a good save. It's a, it's a it's a little bit central. He wants to make him work a little bit, but he doesn't do it. And it, you know, it's a good save. But what a start that would have been. And I thought yeah. generally the U.S. did did kind of start well. Um, like we had the first corner. Um, no, I mean, go to like. That was third minute. Go to the eighth minute. They take that quick throw in, which I love. Pulisic speeding down that wing. Great cross, but like nobody there. Nathan, Nathan Ake's there for the Dutch, <laughs> and he heads it clear. Like That's... you know, they've got we the Dutch have. There's talent on that team. And, yeah, the decision to start Ferreira was forced upon. I mean, when you look at his options, the options weren't great. Once Sargent couldn't dress, it was a problem. Um, and I wouldn't like Hadji Wright didn't do anything to fill me with joy. I mean. There's an argument that Hadji Wright did enough in, in, in the Iran game and his, in his, in his showing in that that he shouldn't have come on at all for the U.S., but we, we don't have that many options, particularly at centre-forward. But Ferreira didn't do very much uh, in that first half. And then the other decision was to drop Cameron Carter-Vickers and bring Zimmerman back in, which I, I don't understand either. Like, was I guess, there something... I mean, would, would you say, like, I think I agree with you, but I don't know, like, were either of these decisions... Okay, like let's start with the Ferrer one. Can we go through one at a time before like you hit both? Like, so they started Ferrer today because Sargent can't play. I don't know. Is it one that you kill Bearhalter for? Like, I, I'm, I, I mean, I don't I'm know not... what his what are his options. Like, we what, no could after play essentially right last game. No, I guess like, but if that doesn't work, I, and I don't know that's if that's the right way of thinking about it. But like, is now the time to be experimenting with a thing that you have not done? In a year and a half, yeah. But is is now the time to put in a striker that you've lost faith in that hasn't hasn't had a had he had he didn't have a minute. He hasn't played yet in the tournament, right? So so that's that's a risk of its own. Also, the center back issue. But that's what I'm saying is like there are only bad options. So I don't know that I can kill a guy for just kind of choosing one. I, I don't know like which one of these is right. We we've seen pretty we've seen all of the options with the, with the exception of Wea down the center, but we've never seen that. So there's inherent risk in doing something that you've never done before in the round of 16 but, of the world. But Cup. like what I would say is um if you've got a hole in a pipe that's gushing water into your apartment, right? Um but you don't have the exact thing that can seal it. You try something else. You just do it because but, that's that's what you've got at hand. But and, to him, Ferreira was that something else. We have not tried him yet. Well, I guess so. I, but but the centre backs, I want like so. Cameron Carter, Vickers, Zimmerman comes back in. Like once the Dutch had realised we're going to go man for man and and stop them doing the things in midfield that we we like to do, or at least make it harder for us to do those things. Then there was going to be a lot on the centre backs to try and play passes, you know. And and we just saw the limitations of both Reem and Zimmerman in the passing game. I mean, both of them had some some really poor moments. Reen, Reen passed straight to the aforementioned Daily Blint, who we'll get to. 
and and the Dutch broke on us down the field. That was before the goal. And I felt that was the warning. I was like, if we do that, we're going to be in trouble. And um, the Dutch on the break, I thought, were excellent. And, and uh, LVG got his tactics right. Yeah, they were ruthless. That takes us to the 10th minute. I mean, as it was transpiring, you know, the Dutch quick passing, quick movement from all the way at the back to all the way up front. I mean, as it was going down, I was watching the game with my friend Pat, and I just it hadn't happened yet. They were kind of working their way up to the field. And I, and I remember I said to him something like, Oh God, like you could kind of feel it building. There was one moment once, uh, once they got to around midfield, you could see that the U S were now trying desperately to get back. Um, and it was just going to be a matter of whether or not they did, or whether or not the Dutch's finishing on whatever this attempt was going to be was, was ruthless, or if it was going to just be a missed opportunity, but they were ruthless all game long. I mean, this was just a well-worked goal. And ultimately, JJ, the, the Dumfries cut back uh, to Depay to Memphis Depay is what finished it off. But you know, sometimes goals don't happen at the point of attack. Sometimes a goal happens somewhere else. And mm. I hate saying it because he's probably been their best player in this tournament. But boy, the replays just—they do not—they do not do well for Tyler Adams. No, I, I mean it's not like one of those where, oh, out of nowhere, Depay nips in on his blind side. No. I mean, he watches him all the way and that makes it very very difficult for you to defend him on that it makes it very difficult for him to defend if he's not going to try like he he just watches him and i don't know if that's fatigue sometimes when you're playing and i've done it obviously i have not played in a world cup or anywhere near tell us how your experiences relate to this round of 16 moment for the united states well no sorry 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 well while i'm doing while i'm explaining it you can look up some henry bushnell stuff um, t- so sometimes like players when they're tired they do switch off or they gamble they think that ball's not coming back but he's got to expect it's going to get cut back he's got to read that and he doesn't and I think he's similarly at fault on the second goal I know I'm jumping ahead but I might as well mention it now he's got to realise that cross can't go in he's got to cut that cross out and it's he makes no real effort to do so and who pops up only the man that I have I have smeared and praised in, in not quite equal measure <laughs> Um, old man yeah. Blint. I'm still waiting for the praise. I don't know if. Uh, well, no, I did praise we... him. I said, I said, like the stats show that so a lot goes through him. So should we be worried? But on the other hand, and then you re- resoundingly responded to that question with, "Absolutely not. We should be exploiting him." And we didn't. No, is that my no. fault? Probably not. I wasn't playing. Um, Brett Westphalen, well, or maybe said, he wasn't as easy to exploit as we thought. Mm, maybe. I don't know. There was there was times in that first half, like I there said, was when, one moment down the right where there was two Dest, or three moments. Dest, Dest skinned him, and I, I again I remember saying we've got to do more of that. But we, well, but we, we had a ni- we had a nice combo one two with Wea Wea and someone else. Was that the dead? Maybe that was the Dest one. There was another one where we got him behind. But I just you look at Ake and you look at at Blint there, and I'm thinking get into that gap, do something in there now. The quick diagonal the diagonal pass into that place was never on because of the defenders we had or I was going to say the defenders we had on. I'm not sure we have defenders that can play those passes, but like for Des to get high, you know, the way Des got really high against Iran that never happened. Like where he could get, get high and almost stay there. That never happened really against the Dutch because they had such a threat going the other way. No, it was that time. I mean, we'll go through it here, but at times it was it was hard to watch us do our thing in that first half. It was the Dutch just looked so comfortable. Uh, we the gave goal a, happened. We gave a lot of ball away as well. I think Andrew uh, Brett West uh, Westphalen says our squad seemed very small against the Dutch. I thought physically we got a bit we got a we got a bit beaten up at times, which hasn't really happened 
And again, I wonder how much that is tiredness. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That didn't that didn't strike me too much. I mean, there was you know, Dutch had a couple yellows. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I maybe. Um, again, seven. You know, we, we've talked so much, JJ, about uh, the U.S.'s kind of lack of incisiveness at the end of a move. They get into the box and things just fizzle. Yeah. And I thought, I don't know if you remember this one specifically, but I made a note of it in the 17th minute. Anthony Robinson, you know, something we didn't see against Iran. He had a great first touch, gets himself into position, gets into the box, but then he tries to make that last pass, which gets deflected. And I'm kind of watching it and I'm screaming at the TV, be selfish. Just for once, someone just be selfish. Put something on net. Mm. This like intricate moves within the box. It, it's gone for nothing time and time again. Like, just, I don't know. I'm not saying like from 30 yards out, start bombing ones on net, but like Robinson's 16 yards out. Maybe he can curl one. Like there's a window where it can be done, but he tries to make kind of like a little touch pass and it gets just tipped away. And it's like, okay, well now we're back at midfield with Reem and Zimmerman passing back and forth. Let's try that again. Like I just, I don't know. Sometimes I just wish that there was a little more selfishness. We talked about it in which game was it? The England game, I think with Tim Weah when he had an opportunity in the box. Um, you know, and he tries to make that last pass. And sometimes, yes, there's I'm not saying that like never look for that ball. Yeah, you want to try to get yourself the easiest opportunity possible. But like it's if it's not clicking for you at a certain point, I just wish I just wish we had more guys who would just be willing to do that sometimes. Can I fast forward to which now seems like a lifetime ago, but the end of the first half where we're one nil down, but we really seem to be on top. We had a we had the way a shot. Um, say yeah, that was in Knopper's. the forty third. What's that? That was in the 43rd. Was that way a rocket? Yeah, no, it was a standard save for, for Knopper, but it was, it, was, it was a good strike. And we, I felt like we were maybe getting into it, you know, because we had that was just a minute beforehand. We had Tim Weah burning uh, Daly Blint. Um, and then we had on the 44th minute, we had that big chance where Des just goes slaloming through. And again, doesn't get the shot off, doesn't get that final, that final clinical uh, piece to the game. And now, obviously, they, they they broke down the field and Gakpo versus Ream, but that didn't come to nothing. Um, and then the goal, just the the, the sucker punch right before oh, halftime. Backbreaker! What oh. a killer! Yeah, switched off again on a throw in. And um, and I do think Tyler Adams has to I, like I Serginho Dest. I thought this. I mean, to me, I looked at that and thought. Dest, like, what's he looking for? Yeah. Is he not paying attention to anything around him? Like, he's going to let Daly Blint just kind of go past through. Him. And, you know, we heard we heard so much from, from Jenny Taft, who, who was telling us how, by the way, Jenny's got so embedded in the camp, she's now calling him Serge. Okay. <laughs> um, I hadn't heard that one before, but uh, so Serge was so up for this game. It was the most important game of his life, et cetera, et cetera. And for that to happen, you know, it was, did you see when Berhalter took him off, he kind of had a special word with him as he was substituting him because I think, uh, I think, I think he was struggling really mentally after that goal because um, it was just a night that did not go right for him considering the billing he had given the game in his own mind. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he was, he was pretty clear on it, called it the biggest game he's ever played in his entire life which is probably true for, I'd say, almost every guy on that field, maybe with the exception of Pulisic in a Champions League final. Can I get to the chat just for one second? Guys yeah, are please. already, I mean, they have already moved on almost to, to what's going to come next. And we will get there. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah, but there's 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 the big Triple G conversation. Um, oh, God. 
Oh boy. So Mark is upset. Can anyone explain why Fox is Samuel L. Jackson narrating a poem pregame? Who who does that appeal to? A bizarre staple of American sports coverage. I can't get my head around. I will say this, Mark. You are right. <laughs> That's not necessarily, for me, that's not necessarily a staple of ESPN or of DAZN or, or any. It's a staple of Fox. Fox are like, who's the biggest Hollywood star we can get to give a vague poem that could be read to literally any team, you know, any team, and then play it over some recent highlights? That's what, like, that's, that's people, their staple. Like, people have a problem with this? Like, it didn't get I would me. never. Wa- I would never watch that and be like, "What are we doing here? Is this soccer? Is this is this the kind of coverage we like? Uh, who cares? All right. So they got Samuel Jackson. He's a famous American. They narrated our highlight package. Like, fine. But no, I think it's. I think it's a quirk that Fox keep doing it. It's like it's the, it's a formula. I guess. I mean, I've seen who was it? Kenneth Branagh. I've seen him narrate all kinds of Tottenham stuff. Like, I don't know. Is this unique? No, it's not. It, it's Fox do go to it every single time, and it's it's kind of like you don't get hyped by it anymore. It's it's just like, oh, okay, who who's the latest star that has no relation to soccer whatsoever? Who's going to talk vaguely about this team? Ah, uh, uh, you, you lose me on this one. All right, I'm, I'm okay. fine with it. We've I'm lost Andrew, it. guys. We've lost Andrew because uh, it's just I can't possibly get worked up over that. I just can't. Casey um, Adkins is a funny one. JJ, talk about poems, but not future World Cup formatting, Devani. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, that's good, Casey. But but the point I would make just about that is like I'm so kind of into this tournament right now. I, I think it's like it's a it's an, I'm trying to avert my eyes from what's coming. I guess that's what I'm doing. Um, anyway, right. second half, halftime. Yeah. Um, second half starts out 49th minute. Corner kick. This one was actually really well worked. Didn't see that very often throughout the course of this tournament or ever with this team. But, it, you know, Weston McKinney is one of your danger men on these opportunities. And sure enough, it finds his head, gets right to Ream uh, from a, a score. couple feet out. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's cleared off the line by, I think it was Gakpo. Um, and it just, oh, like, will, will this goal ever come? Um, you know, that was, if I'm kind of listing the, the big opportunities in this game, the Pulisic one is number one, this one, a very, a pretty close second. I would think you've beaten the keeper, um, frustration, just like extreme frustration when you're the U S and you're facing, you know, we can say that the U S were, were, are close to the Dutch. I know a lot of us felt good going into this game about our chances, but Mm. like, let's just be honest about it. Like the Dutch are the superior team. They're better than the U S that's fine. Like that's a fine thing to admit. Um, and so when you're, when you're in that situation, like boy, wasting opportunities that you should be scoring on is just like a death blow. Like you, it's just stuff that can't happen. One of these has to be converted. No, you're right. Um, and I do, I, I think in the second half, the Dutch had a few breaks on us where they should have cut us open and they didn't. And that left us in it a little bit. And then there was almost like, um, I'm, I'm using the term football arrogance. They felt very comfortable in their skin where they were at in the game. And, and that actually, that got us back into it a little bit. But again, didn't create that much. So can we talk about that for a sec? Yeah. Um, I think you've hit on something that I, I definitely wanted to discuss. And that is um, the Dutch's approach to this game. Um, they were, I mean, from from the time their goal was scored, really, but maybe even a little bit before then in the first nine minutes. Um, Boy, they were entirely comfortable to not touch the ball yeah. in this game. 
I mean, that was, it was clear what they were set out to do is okay. And you know, if this game, if Louis Van Hall had like a roadmap of how he would have preferred this game to have gone, it was followed pretty much to a T I would say score an early goal. And then we are going to set up defensively. We will allow them to pass the hell out of that thing. They're not breaking through us and we're going to bite them again on a counter. We're going to finish them off late. Like, I mean, it's, uh, he's probably back in the locker room after that game and their team talk saying we did exactly what we set out to do today. I think, I think Van Hal did his homework. I think he looked at the, the U S performances generally speaking against, you know, obviously in the group weaker opposition in the Welsh and the, the Iran game. And I think he saw a team that was okay. This is what they can do. This is what they can't do. Let's make sure their midfield doesn't have it easy. Let's make sure their center backs see plenty of the ball because they're not going to be able to play any dangerous passes. They're not going to be play, able to play any incisive passes. Let them pass it in front of us, and we'll be fine. And they generally they generally were. Um, so can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Um, I'd be curious for your your thought on it. So the, the inability for Reem and Zimmerman to make what you refer to as the incisive pass. Um, so they've got the ball. Like if we had like a, a chart in front of us of where the ball was primarily handled through the course of this game, I would say right on that center line with those two guys being like the most deep red on that thing. Like it, it was Zimmerman and Reem over and over at that midfield spot. We can all picture it in our head. Um, now you say the in, inability to make that pass. A, like are the, the Dutch were cutting off passing lanes at a really – efficient rate i thought they were making it very yeah. difficult to get to the fullbacks out right wide. like that's where the u.s wanted to go so at once that's happened okay we can sit here and we can talk about ream and zimmerman not being able to make the pass but where is the ball supposed to go like what's the pass that they're supposed to make shouldn't you know you saw it at times with musa and ferreira trying to drop in and give them that ball and down yeah. the center but it, it felt like that wasn't there either. Like, I just, you're right. I was frustrated watching those two guys, but like, then I took a step back and I was kind of thinking, well, the Dutch are shutting off passing lanes. Where, where are they going with this? Right. But, but that's what I'm talking about. Like say where you'd get your fullbacks higher and you'd look for, you'd look so, some, so what some teams do to break that Andrew, and it's where we're probably not able to do it is on one side of the field, they'll have maybe they'll bunch up. They'll maybe have five, six passes. The midfield will keep it a little bit and it'll come out, switch out to a, a midfielder or the center back, having drawn in the opposition who will play a diagonal to the far side. Now we're not, we weren't capable of, do, capable of doing that because our midfielders didn't get a second on the ball, weren't able to turn a lot of the time. And when, when we did, I mean, I, you, can, you can still see those moments in your mind. They were so few and far between. You're looking for that driven diagonal where Dest gets high or Robinson gets high. And that's a hard pass to play. It's a pass that, I mean, the opposition of a player who's done it for years for Liverpool in Virgil van Dijk, but it's a, it's a hard thing to do. And only really technically sophisticated teams can do it. And we're not that. Like I said, Des never got into that area in behind Blind and Ake. Well, he did, but he didn't get in there enough and he certainly didn't receive any di- diagonal balls. The other one you'd look for, Andrew, is that you'd look for, say, a player we don't have, a Mitrovic. So you'd go direct. Mm-hmm. You'd hit the center forward who hold it up and then players would run off him. That's, like that's have, the one. Like that. what you're saying boom, now, boom. that's it. Yeah, can't do it. Right. Can't do it because Ferreira, he couldn't, I mean... He's no. not capable of that. He's he's not that type of player. I don't want to. Which leads to the next question. Right. Was this the absolute worst game for Josh Sargent to get hurt? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. He could drop into those gaps and kind of 
received the ball as well. Uh, the question whether our Zimmerman and Ream can play those passes, I would think Ream can do it a bit better than Zimmerman, but okay. Say, let's, let's assume they can. Um, yeah, it wasn't good missing Sargent. In fact, the start of the game, for some reason, I, I thought he'd be on the bench, and he wasn't. He was in street clothes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was like, oh, like during the game. I think it was. I think it might even be in my halftime notes on Twitter. I was like, he was probably devastated. Like it, I, it, it, oh. it might have been hard for him to physically be there watching that. I'm such an idiot for content, though. I saw him playing pool, so I thought, oh, he must be okay. <laughs> you know, he was playing pool. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, oh, the World Cup really makes us over. Robert from LA everything. disagree. JJ LVG knew the Americans were uncomfortable with the ball, so they allowed them to have it, and the Dutch defense would be all right. That's what I said. Yeah, we agree on that. What are you talking about? That's exactly what I just said. Yeah, come on, get him, JJ. Come on. No, I, I'm not in the mood for this because <laughs> I can see that. I'm gutted. We're out. I, uh, I you know, I'm doing the Mark Lawrenson thing. Mark Lawrenson, uh, English play, uh, born English raised player. He was played for Liverpool, who played for Ireland. And whenever he then went into his punditry role, <laughs> he'd be talking about England, and he'd go, he'd go, uh, they. I mean, we. I mean, I mean them. You know. <laughs> Because he knew he'd get crushed by the Irish for saying us or, or we. And then he knew he'd get crushed by the English for saying them. Or, so maybe I'm in that position right now. He just now. Like didn't know. His pronouns were just like a mush in his head. Um, I'll keep rolling here. You can stop <laughs> Colin me Hennessy. You know who can hold up? Zardes. Q choral singing. <laughs> he definitely can't, guys. Although we saw... Uh, is, is this mean to say that Hadji Wright was channeling Jossie Zardes with that touch around the goalkeeper? I mean, he, the, Hadji Wright's touch was so far in the wrong direction and so far ahead of him on that play where he was played in by Bergwijn or whoever it was that he, he almost ended up in Saudi Arabia. It was just dreadful. Yeah, I think Joe Girardi has a thought or two on that one. Uh, it's not what you want. Not what you want. Uh, 50th minute, JJ. Um, Matt Turner, who hadn't really been called into action all that much through the first three games of this tournament, moments here and there had to had to come up big. He was called into action today a little bit, especially in the second half as the U.S. had to press forward for that goal. 50th minute, Turner, important save, really important save to keep this one within a little bit of arm's reach. Uh, the deflection off Walker Zimmerman. Dutch crossing continued to really hurt the U.S. in this game. But Zimmerman, he kept, or, or uh, Turner kept them in it. Uh, then 53rd minute, Musa does great to keep the ball, gets it to Gio Reyna, who we get, we should probably talk about. Uh, gets it to Reyna out wide, who played it to McKinney, but his shot goes well over the net. I thought um, he should have done better with that. I know it popped up. I and thought Stu so, Hol- too. Stu Holden was giving him a pass, but you got to work Knoppert from that range, and there wasn't anyone really close to him. Yeah, that, I thought the same thing. I thought everything about that move, the way Musa was able to keep that possession, it was right on the sideline. Remember, he went to ground really early and was able to kind of hook the ball in, keep it in play, then pushed it upfield. Um, and yeah, Reyna, smart right pass that he made to McKinney. And, you know, it's it's not necessarily one that you expect anyone to score on. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen them, like you say, at least work the keeper there. Um then uh, where are we now, JJ? 61st minute, poor free kick from Pulisic leads to a chance going back the other way for the Dutch. Matt Turner comes up with another good save. Uh, 71st was probably Matt Turner's, I mean, I guess I'll say his best moment of the Bergen tournament so County, far. Bergen County Buffon, says Joseph Mara. <laughs> um, 71st, Turner with that key double save. I mean, really just doing all he can to keep the U.S. in it. Maybe... Maybe it was a little bit of of a self-created moment Um, as his initial save. He kind of put that rebound right back there 
to be smacked home for what I thought for sure was going to be a goal. I mean, in my head, I said, up night, 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 game over. But no, Turner again, he came up huge. If we came into this tournament thinking, okay, well, if nothing else, we know we've got a great elite shot stopper in net. I think he, for the most part, he validated that over the course of this tournament. I really, I come out of this feeling really good about who we have back there, despite the fact that three goals went by him today. I mean, I don't really look at those three and say Turner's got to do better. I think he, yeah, we we got what we hoped for, and then some. I think out of that guy. I I, th- I think he's. I think the finance bro is comfortably our best uh, our best goalkeeper, and yeah. um, and and you know his kicking is not perfect. We saw that today. He had a touch that looked ooh a little bit loosey. We all we all clenched our butt cheeks just a little there, JJ. Oh, we did sphincters <laughs> tightening. Um, yeah, but, but he yeah. did he, he did fine. He got it down the field, and his his kicking has um, improved with his move to Arsenal. Yeah. So where where um, are we going with this now? Andrew? So now we get to the now we get to chaos. So now we get to the 75th minute and now like my anger now it's it's the point of the game when it's 2-0 and I'm starting to like it goes from like hopefulness of a comeback to frustration that it's not happening. Then I that now like if I take you through my psyche of how I work in a sporting event like now we're reaching the point of of now I'm angry. I'm mad at everyone now. Um, and when Haji Wright gets that ball played to him, I should I should read you my notes here, word for word. Oh, go uh, on. Seventy fifth minute, um, Haji Wright with a all caps, and then I took the time to bold and underline Haji Wright with a trash first touch. That's my way of uh, expressing rage during a. I had a text game. from trash. I had a text from a friend about Haji Wright during the game, saying he's looking, he's running like he's got a bricks on his back. Yeah, he he just Yeah, I like that was a moment where I was just like cuz you know, we all stood up as that pass is being made to him from a Dutch player from Bergwijn. And like you think this is our this is our avenue back. Like there's time on the clock. You know we're getting at least 6 minutes of stoppage time. We got 20 minutes here. Let's go. And then you see that first touch and you think this ain't happening. Like what are we doing here? Like it, not having that number nine, it's come back to bite us at a, at a terrible moment. Like this is, this was peak frustration mixed with rage, but then it's a minute later and he goes and scores a goal that I don't even know how the physics of it allowed it to happen. It was almost the, the bizarreness of the Omar Gonzalez own goal against Trinidad. Like wh- how does this, how does this work? How is the ball in the net right now? I don't understand it, but I love it. Let's effing go. Um, that that was a glitch. That the space time continuum ripped apart, and everything we know about physics and and the movement of time allowed that ball to to glitch into the net. It, it reminds me of a a goal that was scored against Ireland by the Dutch. Uh, I think it was Vim Kieft in nineteen eighty eight, where the ball was hit into the ground and it's going wide, but it takes some kind of top spin and then spins inside the post. And that was it. One nil Ireland lose. This one was absolutely, truly bizarre. It, it, it had a flavor of Omar Gonzalez's um, crazy own goal in, in Cuba where. Yeah, that's what I just, just said. Yeah, it, it did have that flavor. Um, but I think this was this was even more bizarre, Andrew, because you could you could see the touch that Gonzalez had on the ball. I, I've watched replays like there's only a bit of heel, is it? I, I don't even know what part. Of I'll give point. him the benefit of the doubt and say that it was by design. Um, yeah. But and you know, I, I should say in the build up to that goal, like I, I know we can we can talk about Haji right in the finish, but like we've been 
kind of underwhelmed with DeAndre Yedlin for the last few years. I'll tell you what, man, he came on as a sub, one back possession to help that goal happen. A few minutes later, I think he set up, well, I mean, we'll go right to it. I think it was, well, what was it now? So that goal happens. Um, and then like, here we go. Momentum is back on the U.S.'s side. And sure enough, a minute and a half after that, Polisic to Haji right again in space. It looks like he's going to be one-on-one with the keeper, but he can't quite get there. Nupper comes out um, and is able to clear it. And it was another one of those, oh, like just half a second. I mean, like, damn this game sometimes with the frustration of just like detail in the margins and just how close things can be. Um, Adam Kubek says, I think it was his toe slash top of foot. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll certainly, will you watch this again? How how deep will you, can you, oh, watch, I'll, can you, re, can you rewatch highlights I, of a game that takes you out of the world cup? I, I can, um, I can watch it again. I can definitely watch it again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I've seen Julian Green's goal probably like 30 to 40 times. I'll be all right um, with it. Um, I would just say there's a, there's a mood growing in, in the chat, Andrew, where at some point we'll have to get to Reina. Yeah, uh, well, here, let's. I'll finish out my notes, and then we'll get in on certain specific players and stuff like that. I got nothing left other than 81st-minute goal. Daily blend all day to pick out a pass, and fittingly, Dumfries is on the end of it. He was excellent. I'd say for the most part, Daily blend was a, a net positive tonight uh, for the Dutch. Not it's not exactly what, what was expected. I think we had hoped that maybe he would be someone who could be exploited, not the case. His pass was gorgeous, and nights that was that was it. Lights out. That was lights out. Um, a total gut punch because you. Th- I mean, you just thought like you, you had a, about fifteen minutes or so there, and it felt like there was momentum, but um, it was not. It was not meant to be. Three one uh, is how it ends for the U.S. JJ. Um, frustrating, frustrating, frustrating stuff. So now we can go. Now we can go deeper now. Um, you want to talk about Gio Reyna? If the if that's what the people want, let's go right to people it. People want people. I mean, I first. I, let me just give my view on it. I didn't think it was controversial. He didn't start. I didn't expect him to start. Now I'm not saying that's the right decision. It's I, I just from the accrued knowledge we have of Greg right now, who thought he was going to start this game? Well, also too, where, like, where exactly is he? So, like, who are we taking out? Are we saying that he's going to be a false nine? He's going to play that position where Jesus Ferreira played? I mean, I guess, I mean, in hindsight, sure. I guess anything would have been better. Um, but I just don't know. Greg didn't seem Greg didn't seem interested in in experimenting in that way, which, again, like, I don't, I kind of get that. Like, that's something, JJ, I mean, remember? Like, wouldn't it be a little disingenuous of us to say, What's he thinking? Not trying that uh, to start him at that position. Like that's the, that's the kind of stuff we used to get on Klinsman for where it's like you get to the knockout stage of a gold cup and all of a sudden, like he's doing stuff that just like we've never seen before. And now we're out of, in the semifinals. Like, I don't know. I feel like I, I, I understand that not happening. I understand Reina not playing that position that he has never played for us before. Yeah. I mean, for me, like the the whole idea was to 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 bring him into the game. Like Greg talked in the in the pregame about about the game state, so he came in at the right time. And, and like, I just I didn't see the place for him to start. I never expected Greg for him to start, and I, I I think I just thought 
hey, you know, he will come up, he will come in, he will come on. And, and he did. And I, I don't have a huge amount of, of issue with that. Now, the question is, did he make any difference? Right. I'd say I'm, not really. No, no, not really. Now, look, that doesn't just because that happened. Um, again, I don't know. I would love to find out one day just what Gio Reyna's fitness was in this tournament, um, because it's it's very hard to sit here and judge the decisions that were made without knowing that. And the information has been mixed. We've heard you know, we've, we've gone through it. Like, I don't need to we don't need to revisit all that. But like the fact of the matter is we don't know. Um, so, yeah, if if we're ever able to find out that he was 100 percent fit and this idea that he was hurt is not a real thing, then sure, we can then I think it's fair to look at this differently, but I, we don't know right now. I mean, so it's hard for me to say like that, that he should have played more in this tournament or not. I, I don't know. I mean, here's some of the stuff. Matt Graham, of course, Rana should have started. So in that case, his hamstring goes, you only have to sub that position once. Is is that sarcasm? Um, Jimmy Skates, Rana has been injured off and on for what, for what, six months to a year. Why would he start? I mean, and by the way, even when he was healthy, like, you know, we can go back JJ to some of our, podcast that we did during qualifying and like i remember specifically talking about reyna and aronson and saying like these guys are great but where like it's not there's no natural fit here like we're kind of loaded in one spot of the field and it's it's hard to find exactly where these guys slot in as as part of our starting 11 so yeah i again it's frustrating that through the group stage he only played seven minutes like if he was fully healthy to me that is not acceptable in three games that were on a knife's edge although iran i kind of get it because you didn't really need reyna when you're trying to if their if their mentality was we're going to defend the hell out of this lead then it makes sense he wouldn't come in um but the two games before if he was healthy yeah of course i would have wanted to see him more i was clear on that yeah um austin griffin why change our system for an injury prone player like reyna like so, so some people are saying Rana should have played. It should have started at the ten. I mean, I I just think it would it would have been a serious decision. You would have you would have to rejig your entire uh, attack in midfield to bring him in to play him as a ten. I I I think I I honestly think that there's it happens in English football a lot. There's a a kind of a a cause celebre happens every tournament for England. And right now it's Phil Foden. Last at the Euros, it was Grealish. Jack Grealish. Yeah. And I think we do this too as well. I think Rain is a quality player. And I've said before, he does things we don't often, uh, you know, we don't often see from other US players. I get that. But I think Greg's been vindicated throughout this tournament by not starting him. And, and starting him now would have, would have caused too much structural changes. And he's not 100% fit. I'm of that opinion too. Again, I guess we, I don't know that we know. I mean, but that's that's sort of the way that I Casey feel about Atkins. This too. Gio is just a scapegoat. Everyone's favorite player is the backup QB. There's there's a, there's a little that. bit of that in it too, and a, you know, but I I don't want to criticize people either because you know you've got your opinions, you're entitled to them. Um, but and and again, in in I can see other systems where he starts, but not this one. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I tend to agree. I, I tend to agree with you. Um, anyone else, JJ, that you wanted to kind of hone in on performances in this game? I mean, did you yeah. think, I know you talked a little bit about Pulisic. Um, I thought, you know, the chance, we're, we're going to look back at that chance and and we're going to grimace. Obviously, he is too. Um, I, I 
I thought he was decent. I, I, you know, I, I, I did think he carried a threat. Sometimes I just want him to do less and, and just be off the ball and making runs and get on to the end of things. Uh, I think that's when he's been most effective at this tournament. Um, I, our fullbacks, I thought Robinson had, has, had his worst game in a U.S. jersey. Unfortunately, he had it. He had it in this game, uh, which is a World Cup round of 16, which is very unfortunate. Des too. They're two, they're two players we need to be functioning highly, attacking and defending. And that didn't happen today. I thought the midfield did, genuinely looked tired. I thought Musa, Musa had that one great run on the sideline where he lost the yeah. ball, then he re- slid in, recovered it, and he started off an attack. I thought that was really good. But otherwise, he, again, not, not a great performance from him. He looked tired. He looked fatigued. I do think if there's a criticism of Greg, is that how we allowed that Iran game to be so fraught, so tense, so energy sapping when it should have been over at halftime or over in the middle of the second half, that really played in with the relatively quick turnaround. Um, I think that that really really hurt us today in terms of our our physical state and our fatigue uh keep your your comments coming we would love to get to as many as we possibly can i'm just kind of scrolling through twitter jj um i saw this from uh at usmnt thoughts they say i think we can officially say jesus ferreira over ricardo ricardo pepe was an insane roster decision um what do you think can we can we do that kind of hindsight stuff now i mean would pepe have been a difference here, I, look, Ferreira wound up only giving them 45 minutes, and it was there was nothing really positive to say about it. So, yeah, I guess you can go back and say stuff like that now. But again, like, I don't know. I kind of am I wrong for sort of viewing a lot of these these guys, you know, right? Pepe, um, yeah, Ferreira. I kind of view all of them in sort of a similar light. Like, I think to, you're wrong there. Okay. Um, I like. I mean, right and right is not like any of them. And and, and right. I mean, I just mean I don't mean the type of player. I mean the caliber of player, like the regard with which I hold them. Like, oh, I okay, kind of, they're all kind of in the same category to me. Like, look, I understand. Like, it's fair to get worked up about it. Like, that's that's why we're fans. Like, we all kind of latch on to certain narratives and players and storylines. And so, like, I'm not saying that at USMNT thoughts or anybody is wrong to be worked up. I'm Matt just saying Grant. from my perspective, like, I don't know that. I don't know that like this is a an entirely different team if Pepe is there instead of Ferreira. It's I'm just... not I'm, I'm not sure it is either. Pepe did have, you know, that little that late run in the in the sure. of form in the Dutch league, but then again, Hadji Wright's had his run for Antilles Spore. Um Matt Graham, if Pepe had played, people would be saying that bringing him instead of Ferreira was the wrong move. I certainly think that would have been part of it. If you want to say much of a muchness between bringing Pepe or Ferreira, I I I'd be happy to close the book on that. I would say that is a fair estimation. We we need within the next four years to develop or for a player to come through that is a, a very, very good striker alongside probably another center half and another, um, maybe another attacking midfielder. So that, I was going to ask you now, so what happens now? Like I'm not, if the people want this kind of thing, I don't know, you're monitoring the chat. I don't have it in front of me. If they want some kind of like, look ahead or retrospect like i feel like the next pod that we do is the one where we actually sit down and like sort through okay what do we need to address like all that kind of like the retrospective of all this and where we go but if people want like initial thoughts i'm happy to i'm happy to give some um well there's a lot so there's there's a lot of stuff you know about 
PFOC, PFOC, PFOC. I mean, like two, <laughs> two says PFOC, PFOC, PFOC. But look at PFOC, PFOC, PFOC's last seven games in the Bundesliga. Or look at his form. It had fallen off a cliff. And Greg never really, never really got into him. Now, yeah, I mean, now he look, never really got into Hadji Wright either. So right. there was something really kind of. He was never into Tim Ream. There was, there was something very idiosyncratic about those choices. He looked out. He got it right with Tim Ream because it, it, it seemed obvious. And on the others, maybe he was being a bit too clever. I was uh, always a PFOC guy. So if people are saying that, uh, I won't. Uh, I'll stand with some of that. Sure. But again, like, is that much of a much? Like, am I doing what with PFOC, what USMNT Thoughts is doing with Ricardo Pepe? Like, are these, again, are these guys all in the same category? Like, to me, PFOC is a little bit different, but... You know, people may say Ricardo Pepe is as well. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I wouldn't lose my mind over that. Yeah, I don't think I, that's why we're out in the round of 16. Like, I, it, it, yeah, that's. I, I think our striker pool is. It's it's shallow. It's shallow. And there's a lot of urine in that kiddie pool. It's 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 shallow. There's urine in it. Uh, and there's people who are wearing um, those. What are those inflatable life armbands? Swimmies. Swimmies swimmies that are really we got to do something about that so so i guess how does that happen like i wish we could just i mean we'll have to like sit down and really start looking through you know the next the next group uh the next wave of of u.s talent that's going to be in their early 20s and and late teens but austin griffin makes a good point andrew spain and germany don't have a number nine either these guys are difficult to find and one of the conversations coming out of this world cup is that look at germany though like we just did a whole pod about how they were missing that is maybe why they're out of this World Cup. But there's a dirt of number nines. Like, like someone was saying that, like Holland and Kane are like the last of a, of a dying breed because of the way formations have changed, and there's been a lack of emphasis on having like one single number nine, and his job is to put the ball in the net. Well, you, whether or not we call him a, a number nine, you can call it whatever you want, but I think we're talking about goal scorers, guys who like. There may not be number nines. Like you can call Phil Foden whatever you want. It's probably not a number nine, but we know a goal scorer when we see one. The U.S. has some playmakers. You know, they have guys who are great in terms of work rate. I put us up up against any nation on earth. You know, we have guys who will win back possession, who will run for days. Like those are great qualities. But who are our goal scorers? Like, you know, maybe they're not, you know, you can look at other nations and say maybe they don't have true number nines like of Lewandowski or Kane. By the way, Harry Kane, watch him play. Is he even a number nine anymore? He's he's their best passer. He's setting up goals. He's not scoring them. So, but we know him when we see him. And like the U.S. just, they don't have that. They just don't have that guy who's a goal scorer. It's, um, they, they need that. Yes. And another thing is maybe we need Rene Mullenstein. Rene Mullenstein in the Ronaldo Messi book that I, that I've been reading and you can, you can, watch the video here on the YouTube, uh, apparently took Ronaldo aside and told him that he had to be better as a finisher at Manchester United. And he was suspended and he had an international break. And with the suspension plus the international break, he had like five weeks where he was doing nothing. And every day him and Mullenstein would go out and practice finishing. Maybe we need some kind of hot housing of our, of our forward players to create some kind of goal scoring conveyor belt. Sure. Let's, I'll try anything. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, Michael Anthony Duran the second. Memphis is a goal scorer, not your traditional number nine. Yeah, right. correct. That's what that's what we're saying. Right. We're saying like you can we don't label have them one. however you want. We don't goal have scores. We don't have a traditional goal scorer. We don't have a non-traditional goal scorer. We don't have a conservative goal scorer. We don't have a libertarian goal scorer. <laughs> we don't have a Mormon goal scorer. We don't have a Christian goal scorer. We don't have a goal scorer. I mean, here's I guess. Can do you see a guy on this team right now who can become that? Like if Pulisic goes somewhere else and maybe they play him a little bit differently, yeah, can sure. he become that? Can Ricardo Pepe, you know, he didn't get the chance at this World Cup, but he's still extremely young and he's in Europe and you feel like the trajectory, hopefully, it's hard to say exactly, but you hope it's going in the right direction. Maybe, who knows? Maybe it is him at the next the next World Cup. There's a good chance it might be some guy that we're not even aware of yet. Oren Davis, Eddie Howe did it with Almiron. What a job Eddie Howe is doing. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's a fine point. Yeah, and he, and he had a great tournament with Saudi Arabia as well. Very unlucky not to get out of the group, Eddie Howe and the guys. Wow. Wow. Um, Matthew Hopp. Hoppy. Oh, Hoppy? Wow. That's, that's the name that's to a watch. Name that, really, that name diminished, really. I mean, he's had some injury issues. He's at Middlesbrough uh, now, so, you know, he's, he's bound, to, bound to kick on from that. Um, <laughs> Julio Vega, old religion naming JJ. Okay, let's get to it. Let's get to the Triple G conversation, Andrew, because this is the one that's going to invigorate the uh, the live chat. Oh, boy. Right, thoughts. Oh. Thoughts. thoughts. I mean, there was a report from, I believe it was Michelle Giannone. Um, I don't know if it's a, a full, like, this is happening or if it's kind of being suggested as a possibility that, um, no matter what happened in this tournament, the U.S. Are, and Bearhalter are going to be going in their separate directions. I have no idea if that's true. Wow, I, don't think I did it's, not see that. Yeah, if you if you look it up, um, you know you'll see, you can find it as I'm talking here. Maybe maybe you should look that up and and let me know if I'm off on that at all. But uh, I don't know if it's true, and I don't know if if it was really how it was exactly said, if it was said as any kind of fact that this is a thing that is going to happen, or if it's just something that is a possibility. Um, I guess it's not even fair to speculate on what is or or isn't going to happen. I think it's more about what we think should happen. I mean, if you think that it's, I think for me um, in this tournament, like if, if this tournament was going to be the measuring stick by which we judge bear halter and if he should continue or not um i think the line for me was pretty clear if we didn't get out of the group you could say goodbye and i think it would make sense we got out of the group didn't give up a goal in open play during group play um if it was if it was still him oh boy i can i see torches being lit they are they are forming at the gates jj if it, if if the U.S. doesn't if they choose not to fire Greg Berhalter after this World Cup, I would not I would I would be okay with that. If he's our manager at the next Gold Cup next year, I would be okay with that. There, I said it. Okay, um, let's go oh. through the comments then. Oh dear um, God, Austin Griffin, manager shouldn't last more than one cycle. End of discussion. Okay. I mean, if if people think that as a rule, then sure. Like I I won't fight. Like if you think that you know if if Yogi Lu wins you a world cup and you believe, okay, well, your job is done on to the next one. Then like, fair enough. Then I, I'm not going to fight you off of that opinion. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Uh, Kyle Dawson, triple G in Casey Adkins got today woefully wrong. Wesp 
GGG out. Eddie Sanchez, Marsh for manager. Not happening. Marsh is a young manager, relatively speaking. He's also at the top of his game. International football would be a step down for him. Can, Eastern... I, can I bring up a point real quick? Yeah, I was sure. going to save this for our next pod when, we re- when I thought we'd really go deep, but F it. We're talking about it now. F it. So I've been thinking about it a little bit over the last couple weeks. And I've been thinking about guys like uh, Southgate at England, who's yeah. taken them to a World Cup semifinal and a European championship. And the fans generally don't like him as their manager. I've been thinking about Didier Deschamps, who has gotten to a European final and won a World Cup. And fans generally are not thrilled with the job he does as their manager. I was talking to a friend of mine who's Australian who's saying he's, he was so glad that Australia had advanced at this stage because a lot of fans wanted Graham Arnold out as Australia's manager, which he didn't think was fair. You know, another guy, Australia, majorly overachieving. They're going to play later today. Um, I'm trying to, there are others too that I, I'm, I'm forgetting now. I had a list written down. But the takeaway that I had from this in the end was that I think most fan bases of international teams don't like their manager. And so I'm trying to think of why that is. And I think the reason is just the inherent nature of tournament play. Like you watch the way, JJ, you look at the players on that Dutch team. Okay. We can say that, you know, we don't think that they're a threat to go on a Roberto Martinez. That was another one at Belgium. No one was happy with that. You know, he was their manager. Uh, Tata Martino, who was every, everybody wanted him to be the U.S.'s manager. He was a disaster at Mexico. It's their worst era in history. Okay. So like, I think back to what I was saying, look at the Dutch today, you know, loaded with guys who are playing in elite leagues all over the world. And how did they play? They put 10 guys behind midfield and were comfortable to just let the U.S. pass the ball around. They weren't trying to play football today. Like that was really, they were happy to let us have possession and play on the counter. And that was how they're going to win. Like the way, what you want to see of your team in international tournaments, it's not going to be beautiful, free flowing football. Like that's Mm -hmm. just, you're asking a lot of guys who never play with each other to suddenly come in. And have this coherent system that's a thing of beauty and fun to watch. Yeah, Brazil, has, Brazil has done it. Brazil's done it because that's that's Brazil. Spain did it, certainly under Del Bosque. But that was a, a group of, of, you know, an entire team that was playing on just two different teams between Barcelona and Real Madrid that had this system drilled into their heads for years. The Most Swiss did it yesterday. I mean, yes. The it, Japanese it, it ha- do it. It happens in moments. But I'm saying the teams that go on and win these things and succeed, it's just not always going to be a beautiful style of play to, to win tournaments. We talk about that all the time. So, you know, people get mad about Bearhalter. Guess what? They're going to get mad about the next guy. And then that guy's going to get fired. And they're going to get mad about the next guy. Like, the, I think there's just part, I think that's just kind of part of like the international game that you're just not, you don't always love the way it looks. Kyle Moran. Oh, no. Here we go with Triple G Andy. Um, you fine. Call me that all you want. Like I, I, look, I don't have to go defend my record. I've been disappointed with a lot of things that they've done, but like when push comes to shove, I don't know, like you want me to S on this guy who, who's won trophies for this team, got us back into a world cup, got to a round of 16 out of a difficult group and played well against the Dutch. Like w- what am I supposed to say? Oh, but he didn't bring Pepe fire him. I don't care about all the trophies and getting to a world cup and advancing. Like we didn't bring a guy who's okay to a tournament. Like, is that what you want? Like, again, I'm, I don't want to get too angry about it because I under his, the criticisms of him, they're fair. Like I, I do get it, but this idea that like, you're dumb if you want him stop, it's not like that. Um, Joseph Mara, this is balanced. Joseph Mara, like Fox fair and balanced. Greg did enough in this tournament, but in my opinion, he doesn't do enough in-game management to warrant him staying the manager. 
that said, that being said, it seems harsh to sack him. Uh, Trey Brown. That's if fair. You can get, That's if, fair. If you can get a better coach, why wouldn't you? Triple G doesn't hold his team back uh, per se, but he doesn't raise its ceiling. I don't know. I think I would give him enough credit. I, I would give him credit in this point. Um, I think they play dramatically better football than anything that was served up over Klinsman, Reyna, or even before that under Bob Bradley or whoever you want. Dramatically different. Now, hey, they have better players. So with better players, more is expected. Um, also, too, I don't think you can entirely underrate what Bearhalter has helped do from a recruitment standpoint. Dest, Musa, these are big gets. Uh, so, you know, that I think that's also important. Jorge Ramirez, love you guys, but Triple G is junior varsity. Uh, Nick, uh, Nick says, I love John Herdman, but he made mistakes as well. Um, let's see. Kyle says Triple G can't go out and score himself. I did think there was things today that Greg Berhalter has no control over, none sure. whatsoever. Um, Anthony Ortiz, I've been a fan for 20 years. Come on, man. We have young talent. Let's match the talent with a better coach. It's reasonable. The Golden State Warriors did that with Kerr over Jackson. Anthony, tell me who the coach is. You know, the best coaches want to be in club football because that's where the money is and that's where the day-to-day ability to change things is. That isn't the case in international football. Give me a name. Guys, start giving me names in the comments. Also, hit like. Likes. No, again, like, I mean, the U.S. fan base, again, like, I think Bielsa, Marsh, Martinez, Martinez. Roberto? Poch is not taking the U.S. men's national team. Mauricio Pochettino is not taking this job. Like... I guess if we throw him a bo- Bielsa. if we throw him a boatload of money, I, okay. Like, but I don't think that that's where he's interested in his career going. Can you imagine I, Bielsa? It's not realistic as U- to me. Can you imagine Bielsa as a U.S. Men's National Team manager, like refusing to speak in English and having an interpreter? How that would drive some parts of this country absolutely insane. I mean, like, I I understand. For Bearhalter, it was always going to be an uphill climb because the manner in which he got this job was weird. You know, like Jay Bearhalter being part of U.S. soccer. The Remember, J.J., we read, like, when he was hired, you and I on the podcast, we thought this is, like, we read the parameters through which they were look through which they had narrowed the scope of their search. And it felt like, when you read through that stuff, it felt like the search was almost rigged for him. You know, so I understand that there was outrage over Tata Martino not being really considered because he didn't speak English. Like, yeah, I, I do... I get it. Like we were at the time we were like that as well. Um, But like where, I don't know, maybe things would have been different, but again, like Tata Martino just presided over the worst era of Mexican soccer that we've seen in 50 years, 60 years, whatever. So. Oba King, the progressive teams barely get time to train to make it perfect. That's why most international teams go defensive or correct. Yeah. Correct. I completely agree with that. Um, So I don't know. Like, Look, if, if suddenly, sure, if Potch suddenly said, you know what, I, I'd consider this, then I would say, well, then let's, okay, then I will, sure, I'll change course on my opinion. But I think you're right, JJ, like, the guy. I don't, I personally don't think there's a golden bullet here, guys, or sorry, golden bullet, silver bullet, that's yeah. the phrase. It's been a long, long few days. Um, there's no silver bullet that we get a manager in and suddenly we're a million miles better or, or, or much better than than what the guy's 
what the supporters want. You know, we want a coach that matches the talent. I, I don't see that happening. It's not, it's not entirely clear to me either. I mean, look, if, if Jesse Marsh winds up, if things go south at Leeds and he winds up losing yeah. his job, yeah, then let's have a conversation. But like, is Jesse Marsh quitting his job at Leeds to take over at the U with the U.S.? He's gonna no. he's gonna voluntarily leave the English Premier League when we're still four four years away from another World Cup. Like, he's he's prepared to do that. Like, let's see how if Greg if Triple G presides over the next Gold Cup, or if we're in Copa America in two years, if we get invited into that something like that, and it's not going well, then that's like there's enough time to fire him and reassess and bring in another manager. But I don't know, unless, like we said, unless I forget who it was that said earlier, they just believe after each cycle, it's time for a change. Um, Here's been, been okay. But like, I don't know. I don't see that. Here's two from the chat. Andrew uh, Walschlag. Do, did you guys know the U S has a set set piece coach? I didn't know that until I heard it on the broadcast of the last game. I wouldn't have known that if I watched the set pieces. Yeah, my buddy, after they said that, the, my buddy that I was watching with said, and he has been promptly fired. Oren <laughs> uh, Davis, Jim Curtin, he knows the current players and MLS. I mean, down the line, maybe, but Jim Curtin's probably a guy who thinks, I'm going well here. Maybe there's a chance I get a job in Europe or a few years in Europe. And if he takes an international job, that's that's not going to happen. But, uh, uh, let's th- that's see. an interesting one, because I do think that Jim Curtin, because of the success that he's had with the U.S., uh, with with the union, he would test the the Euro snob nature of some of this fan base. I know that I feel bad using that term because I, I have some of that in me as well. <laughs> but like he like would those people be on board with with him, or Andrew. is it sort of a blanket thing that they're just not going to want a manager who's coming from MLS who has not won a trophy? Right. Other than, he did win a supporter shield. I shouldn't say that. But hang on a sec. Would they want a coach who plays that style of football? I mean, his style of football isn't exactly, I mean, it's good and it's effective, but it's not exactly, it's not even Greg Berhalter's style of football. It's not slick passing and so. Score score a lot of goals. For sure. But, you know, Um, John Cortman, the manager wasn't the issue during this tournament. The finishing is just, just wasn't good enough, which is from not having a good outright striker. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But also crosses that don't hit the first defender would be pretty helpful too. Thoughts on Brian Smetcher. Brian Smetcher would would be great for the press conferences. Oh, he would. He would. Like, I mean, we just, we got an opportunity. We didn't finish it. I I don't know what guys want for me on the Twitter. I mean, I'm trying my best. Darn it. Aren't I playing the players I'm playing? We, we did our best. We don't deliberately try and miss, you know, okay, goodbye. in the in the chat or anyone listening, if you're listening to this later as a podcast, and you want to tweet us. I would love to compile the list of the greatest lightning rods in U.S. soccer history. Like triple, it's just funny that Bearhalter. If you look at him, he's kind of like he's a fairly mild mannered, kind of unassuming guy. Like not really a controversial person. He's not like brash, really. He's like he is the definitive lightning rod to me in the history of this program. I wonder who else is even on the list. I guess Michael Klinsman. Bradley. Klinsman was a oh Bradley's a good one. Josie Klinsman was Altador. a huge lightning rod. Um, Josie Altidore's there. Um, I mean, do do any of these reach Triple G level? Like the the conversations about him have just been fascinating for, for since the day he he was named. 
Gabriel Linas, uh, Triple G has the team controlling the ball well. That's progress. Is it possible that Bear Halter will learn an alternate tactical approach and grow as a manager between now and 2026? Like, I, I don't mind his tactics per se. Um, I think the issue with Greg often is just uh, team selection and, and an overriding sense that uh, he has got a vendetta against, uh, against one of... Um, Claudio Reyna's sons, you know, so it's, it's, <laughs> we don't know if that's true. Well, I don't think he does either, but that's the percent. Well, there's got to be something wrong. How can he not play him? You know, there's a lot of, I don't know. Uh, Andrew Hayes, Irv Renard. <laughs> I mean, I know he's sexy right now and sexy generally. Almost literally. Yeah, almost literally. Uh, but no, no, I don't think so. Um, Michael Anthony Duran the second. He got everything wrong today. I mean, he didn't get everything wrong today. Um, it's amazing, though, how there are protected species within the ecosystem of, of soccer. I have not seen one comment about how Tyler Adams was at, was at fault or possibly at fault for both of the of the first two goals. Not saying I don't know if I feel he was at fault for the second. I, the I think that cross has got to be cut out. I look at Dest and I just think you're letting a guy just coast through you on a carbon copy of a goal that happened just earlier in the game. Don't see you. Reyna and Aronson, lack of time or starts is criminal when our midfield was clearly exhausted. I, 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 I think there's something in that. That, I think there's, in, that in is the, that screams of hindsight to me. No, I think in the we, Aronson in the Aronson shout, yes, uh, because of his energy, his ability, his ability to get around. I mean, Weston McKinney, did he finish any game? He left every game with about thirty minutes left. Um, right, but like we came in, everyone's analysis of this game, JJ, was if the U.S. was going to win, it's because our midfield has been so good throughout the course right. of this tournament. McKinney, Musa, and Adams. Nobody was calling for a change in the midfield. No one. Right. To right. say that now, that feels, I don't know, that feels unfair to me. It do, yeah, it does a little bit. Um, yeah. It, it's yeah, a tough maybe. conversation. Like, but look, I don't, I know I'm fired up on one side of this. Like I'm, like I'm Jay Bearhalter, but like, I, I get it. Like, I do get it. Like there were performances during qualification when the U S was away from home that were frightening. So like, I can see it. I just am trying to look at a bigger picture of progress being made from where this was inherited after Sarakin to where we're at now, where like, you know, the way that the U S are kind of dominating, I shouldn't say CONCACAF. Obviously we finished behind Mexico and, and Canada top CONCACAF, but in terms of, you know, the, the trophies that have been won, um, the only team remaining in the, to get out of the group um, in the, in world cup play. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, I don't feel like we're headed in the wrong direction. If I felt that way, I would say, yeah, we have to make a change, but I don't, I don't know that I can can anyone say that we feel like this is going in the wrong direction right now? I don't know. Harley dude. Hire Mick McCarthy or Martin O'Neill. No. What? Oh no. <laughs> Clearly a joke. Old Andy Sarakin. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. Oh God. What do we do here, Andrew? How do we? AJ, I was so up for this game as all of you were. Like I texted you last night. I was on my train ride home from work and like I was just sitting there on the train I was like okay do I li- do I want to listen to a podcast or like throw on a movie on Netflix do I want to read and I was just I just wound up I just got steered towards YouTube and I went crazy and I, I just went did. deep on like all my favorite US soccer moments on YouTube just watching all of them I was so so ready for this I'm just so uh so empty that it's that it's done was I was 
not ready to stop watching this team. That is, that's the problem with being in love with a team that never plays. Like, so now what? Like, okay, I'll love watching these guys as they go back to their club teams, but I, I want to keep watching this team. And so now we got to like wait for them to play four game, five games in a gold cup. Let's just like, oh, it's so you understand why this fan base is so like, it's why I'll never criticize the fan base for being as, as crazed, sometimes irrational, obsessed. I'll never criticize them for it because it's like when you finally get the taste of it, you go crazy. Cause like you've been waiting. So like if you're in the desert and you haven't had a sip of water in, in months, Finally, you get some, you dump it all over your face. You go nuts with it. Like that's how it is to be a fan, to be an obsessive fan. Like us fans are of an international team. It's like when you get that little smidgen of it, you just, you need to inhale it. And so like, I get it. I I love the passion around this team and I love the conversation around it. It just sucks that now we got to wait and wait and wait, but we'll keep the debates going. We'll keep the arguments going. We'll keep the analysis going because I know how passionate this fan base is about this team. Cause I feel it too. And you feel it too. So um, it'll still, even though this is over and this is the moment that we had been waiting for, for all these years, it will still be fun to talk about the direction that all this is headed. Cause the games ended today for the U S but like the debate and all that, it is, it is still firmly, firmly underway. That's not going anywhere. Old YouTube Andy until they oh. play the next time said Darcy, which is, just I was true. very much, I was very much old YouTube Andy. So some of the ones I'm curious if people could guess my go-tos. I mean, obviously Donovan against Algeria, um, because it was the Dutch. I went back and rewatched the highlights of the four, three friendly, the Bobby Wood game, um, the Bobby Wood game. It will forever and, be known as that in my house. Do you remember who was it? We beat, did we beat Holland and Germany in like a short window? Two, one against Germany. And then the four, three. Oh my yeah, God! It was 2015. We what a thought. time to be alive. The friendlies of 2015 is how I'll, I'll, I often refer to them. Um, oh. What else? I went back and watched the highlights of the uh, U.S. Spain. One of the most. I feel like when we talk about like great U.S. games, that one sometimes it sometimes gets forgotten by people. That uh, 09 semifinal against Spain in the Confederations Cup. God, what a what a game! What a game! Oh, I just. Uh, I was I was loving it, JJ. I wish I could freeze that moment in time. I just want to be on that train forever, excited, watching these highlights. But here we are. You were absolutely pumped. That text message I got from you last night. I mean, there was even a swear in it, which is so so rare. I curse for all you. the time. I don't need to justify my language. I just don't do it on this podcast. By the way, I meant to tell you, um, I got a tweet from somebody thanking me for that, thanking you for not cursing, for trying to keep it clean. Hey. Um, I, I would have loved to talk about yesterday, uh, just some well, brilliant games in the World yeah. Cup, but it feels like that moment where David Brent gets promoted, but everybody else is worried about their job in the office. And Ricky Gervais, as David Brent walks in, and they're like, what's going on? What's going on? And he's got this smirk on his face. And he goes, it's fine. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Closes the door. They knock on the door. They say, no, David, we want to know now. And he goes, unfortunately, there will be redundancies. And everyone's, oh, oh, no. But on the good side, I've been promoted. And they're like, that's not that's not good. And their face is dropping. He goes, you're still thinking about the bad news, aren't you? <laughs> so it doesn't matter if I talk about how great a game Switzerland-Serbia no. was, which was it was just <laughs> intensity in 10 cities. It was such a brilliant game of football. Uh, or South Korea or Uruguay yeah. getting getting just completely 
Ghana getting revenge and yet and well, sort still, of. Well, no, they've got revenge on. They definitely they made they made Luis Suarez cry in the stadium. But they they, they didn't make. I mean. Uruguay beat them soundly. Yeah, I know, but they started they started singing his name and started like goading him in the, in the stadium while he was in the on the bench, unable yeah, no, to. No one was really sad to watch the way that that played out. I I don't think so either. But yeah. um, yeah. So I feel like I'm mentioning Annie or talking about any of this is just. No, I got not, no use for any of that right now. Yeah, right. Okay, but you can't let this World Cup pass you by now just because no, the US are out. God, Please no, don't. Do I've that. never done that before. I'm not about to start now. Of course, I God, I cherish this tournament. It's just been like the greatest. I I, I still feel the way I, what I said the other night. I hope I hope Arsene Wenger parachutes in and announces some proclamation that they're going to play this thing up through March. Like, please God, let it happen. Um, no, no, I'm not going anywhere. We're going to keep cranking out pods and YouTube live streams like crazy through the end of this thing. I just wasn't ready to to have this team be done. Tooves, the tournament has been incredible, but we're trying to be depressed out here, JJ. Calm down. All right. Okay. Let's yeah, just... There's a time for happiness. This ain't it. Come on, JJ. Keep yeah. up. Sorry. Sorry. I have misread the tone and the tenor of the room i apologize i will leave it to you andrew to figure a way to uh to wrap this bad boy uh i would wrap it almost the way that i started it by coming full circle and saying the frustration of today will live with american fans for a long time because there were near misses and the u.s did play well um in in spurts obviously there was great frustration over not being able to break down the dutch the way that we would have liked especially in that first half to just watch the ball kind of ping back and forth between center backs without an incisive move it was that was peak frustration watching that. And then a goal right before half, it was a killer. There are moments of, of real frustration. But, I mean, you got to come out of this tournament, I, w- I would like to hope, feeling proud of this team. This is such a young team. And I know you're right in talking about the fact that there's a difference between young and inexperienced. I don't know that we can necessarily say that this team is inexperienced because, J.J., I know you've laid out chapter and verse. You've got guys who have played in key Champions League fixtures, You've who are on our bench. You know, Cameron Carter-Vickers is a Champions League captain of a Champions League side on our bench. You know, we've got guys playing huge matches in front of huge audiences every week in the Premier League. Um, but this is a young team that has not had a ton of opportunity to play together. And so the fact that advancing out of a group, you know, a win and in game, the, the height of pressure in this sport in the third group stage match, against a team that was set up to shut them down, to get the goal, to advance. There is a lot to be proud of with this group, and it's only the beginning. They are young. We're going to watch this team grow. Like I said the other night, we're going to get to know this team. There are, I mean, there are fun moments ahead. There's no question about that. And the next one of these things is going to be in this country. Uh, So there is so much to be excited about. I'm disappointed today, but tomorrow we'll wake up and we'll be pumped, I think, for what's going to be coming up with this group. I think you know, I'd like to believe that that's that's where most American fans are at. Um, JJ covering the U.S. with you specifically has been a joy through qualifying. I think of you know I was thinking Jeez, about that yeah, that like what a journey that like this World Cup is so fun because like you and I I think I I hope most people listening to this would would agree that like you know we are never going to be gatekeepers of this sport in this country. I don't care if you started watching soccer yesterday. Come on in. Like, I'm never going to be that guy. There, You get some people like that um, who get real bitter about wherever they think this sport is in this country and it should be more and the people who hate on it. Like, I don't know. That is that is not us. But I do think sometimes, you know, 
days like today, the excitement of today, it means a ton to every American who likes sports, who woke up to watch this thing. But I think, JJ, about the people who were tweeting at us in fits of rage after frustrating matches late at night against Panama or El Salvador or Honduras. <laughs> like, I I do think about those guys and girls yeah. you know, who, who, who like this stuff really... It's not just like we parachute in every four years. Like I know the people out there who live and die with the random ass friendly and like, you know, those people exist. And so like, we want to be here for all of you guys, the ones who just came aboard and the ones who have been with us through the last eight and a half years of watching this thing fluctuate good times, horrible times, good times. Um, And we're going to keep doing that. It's been so much fun uh, to cover this group and there's plenty more ahead. Like I said, um, keep subscribed on this, on the YouTube feed, keep your notifications on. Cause we're going to do a lot more, keep your feeds refreshed because over the course of the next few weeks with this world cup, lots of content, There's and then it's going to, it's going to end and we're going to get right back into Premier league champions league, all that. So, uh, this was fun, but this is only just kind of one chapter of it. That's closed. We're going to keep having a ton of fun with this world cup, with this team, with this sport. Um, that's about all I got, my friend, you got anything else? No, I just, I just want to thank everyone who's been in the chat here. It's a lot of fun. And uh, sorry if I got ratty earlier on. I'm just, just a bit annoyed because um, I was hoping this would go on for a, for a little bit longer. But I appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, hit like, leave a comment, subscribe everywhere, Spotify. Leave more, leave more uh, uh, reviews on Apple iTunes as well if that's your thing. Uh, keep following us for this World Cup. It's been tremendous fun. And the football, as Casey Adkins just said here, goes on forever. It's officially going on forever, and it will never, ever stop. So yep. um, I guess thanks, everyone. And um, I would say there were times uh, over the last eight, uh, yeah, since we've been doing this, I guess, um, where you're just like, why, why, why am I going to the studio tonight for this game with Andrew? I will not get home till two o'clock in the morning and I'll be on the D train at two in the morning. This is not worth it, but in the end it always is worth it. So this is just an inflection point and we'll, uh, we'll go from here guys. Yeah. We'll be back in a couple of days to talk about everything that's gone on uh, in the round of 16. And I think to do maybe a little bit more of a retrospective, this was all kind of like spur of the moment, initial thoughts. Well, we're going to take some time to kind of let the dust settle and, and we're going to think more about it. And uh, there will be a lot more analysis of what's to come for the U S JJ. This was fun. Not the way I had hoped it had gone. Thought maybe this would have been a celebratory podcast. Sadly, uh, this round of 16 barrier is just a tough one for this group to break through. Hopefully four years from now, it'll be different. But here we are. To you, I say... Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you, man. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.